Hello, and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Today's episode is the debut of Future Focus, a new series centered on those individuals who are making a difference in the surveying profession. Our guest today is Corey Allred. He's a PhD, he's a PLS, and he's also the director of a surveying program at Parkland College in Champaign, Illinois. My name is Tim Birch, Vice President of NSPS, and I recently sat down with Corey to talk about how he entered the profession, his transition into academia, and what he thinks will make his students into good surveyors. He has lots of great ideas, so sit back and enjoy our new series, Future Focus, right here on Surveyor Says. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Surveyor Says. This one is going to start a new series called Future Focus. And the, it's a little special kicking this off today with a Future Focus is because we have a, a, a unique situation with, with, our, with our guest in that he is a licensed land surveyor. He is, for lack of better terms, part of the younger generation. And he's also an instructor. He's a PhD. He's in. Uh, he's a program director of a community college. It technically is Parkland a community college. It is a community college. It yep. is a community college. But that being said, this is Corey Allred. He is the program director of the land surveying program at Parkland College in Champaign, Illinois. Champaign is well. It's really known for the Fighting Illini, but uh, we've got a hidden gem here in Illinois with Parkland College and the land surveying uh, program that was. Really started by Todd Horton, and uh, bringing on Corey has really given it a big punch that it needed uh, on top of everything that Todd has done uh, with extending the, the surveying curriculum. So welcome, Corey. We appreciate you being on and uh, going to have fun kind of picking your brain on some stuff. Uh, just really want to see where some of this stuff's going from your perspective. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. You bet. Well, first off, I think we better let, uh, let, let our audience know that uh, – I, well, I now know two sets of twins that are surveyors. <laughs> uh, your brother, brother Kyle is a, is a licensed land surveyor as well. Um, and then there's another set actually in Texas, uh, the, the, the Lowe brothers, which I've gotten to know these last year or so. Um, how did you and your brother get into surveying? Well, more specifically, how did you get into surveying? Where did it start? Oh, I think you hit it right there. Uh, it, I have the same story as every other surveyor I know. I had an uncle or a dad or a grandpa or somebody that I knew got into it. Uh, in my case, it was my older brother. And, you know, you're right. We do look exactly alike. You wouldn't realize there's actually three years in between us. Uh, but we do have the same features, same build, same everything else. Uh, so for me, it was it was that. I went to school for civil engineering, and we had to... Like most other engineering, we had to take uh, a surveying course, and my brother was actually my first instructor for my first class. Oh boy! So, yeah, uh, at the time we were living together, he was uh, he was my teacher, and uh, it was it was an interesting dynamic for a while. We were both in college at the time and having a good time doing it too. So uh, that was that was kind of it, but I mean that was my first taste of it. Really, what got me into surveying was uh, I like doing puzzles, and I've always liked doing jigsaw puzzles. But I like putting the pieces together. So, and that's a lot of what I think surveying is: is it's it's putting together the puzzle, not only trying to fit uh, adjacent parcels together, but when you get into uh, interpreting these descriptions and deeds and 
documents and everything, trying to decipher all that stuff. And that's that's the fun part for me is is getting into all that stuff. Well, I can only imagine. I'm I'm a second generation surveyor and worked. My my father was my party chief for a while. I can only imagine an older brother as an instructor and, uh, and well, and roommate in trying to <laughs> trying to coexist. <laughs> That's, uh, you know what? You've added another unique level to the to the surveying story of how people get in. I, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that. And I've known you for a long time, and I didn't re- didn't realize that. That's really cool. Yeah, no, um, it was uh, it was a pretty cool dynamic. And at the time, we. At least as far as school went, we kept our distance. It was certainly, uh, certainly, I guess you could say professional academic. But um, you know, like I said, we were both in school down in Southern Illinois and have, having a good time there too. So that was fun. Uh, yes, for for those listeners out there, uh, Southern Illinois University at Carbondale, a former program. Uh, well, Carbondale is was for many years in a top ten list of the party schools. So uh, their Halloween party was. Uh, was uh, epic, legendary. That's, legendary. That's for sure. Legendary. There you go. There's the word. So, so well, well, and we're we're glad you stayed in it and glad you've pursued it. Uh, tell t- tell us a little bit more about why you took the the more of a role in the education. Why you you went the 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 uh, PhD route and what you've tried to build. So when I was down in Carbondale, the uh, the main instructor and the instructor for I don't know 20 years here in Illinois was Roy Frank. Uh, and he he knew at some point he was going to be done, and he kind of wanted to start um, looking towards the future a little bit. And I got to know Roy and his family pretty well, uh, and he kind of pushed me into the education. I'm really glad he did. Uh, I've always liked teaching. I've always liked working with people in that regard and teaching them what I know. And it just happened that I fell in love with surveying, so I could do really both of them at the same time. Uh, so the plan was at some point I was going to hopefully take over the program down in Carbondale there. And in order to do that work at the university, I had to have a Ph.D. So I, I finished my master's degree, and then I, I worked for a while, got my license here in Illinois, and then uh, I ended up going back to school for my Ph.D. Now, as that turned out, I went to Northern Illinois University because that's where I was living and working at the time. I, and um, and that was that's a whole other story. I was in the geography department there too. So uh, I really have to credit, in a way, uh, you know, Roy is my first instructor, but then also well, my brother too. I mean, he he pushed me into it as well, and and working with uh, working with everybody and trying to pass along whatever I can is is really gratifying. Well, and we appreciate it for the. We know it comes down to, to, to numbers and dollars and cents, uh, the efforts you did put in at the, the Northern Illinois uh, facility. Northern Illinois, uh, it, it really, it, it filled a void for as, as the, the short time that you, you were around. And I say short time, it was what, six, seven years, something like that? Yeah, it was, it was about seven years. We, we gave it a go, and uh, we started the program there, and we, we had a good run at it. It just, like you said, it was dollars and cents. Uh, the colleges and universities are facing a big big fall in enrollment as it is. So it wasn't just that program, it was college-wide, but because we didn't have the numbers, we were one of the ones to get eliminated. And um, yeah, it was disappointing at the time, uh, but it's led to other good opportunities as well. Well, it, well, exactly. And that's that's part of the reason it was it was important to have you on for this type of, of future-focused topic is because, ex- I mean, exactly where you've ended up now. You are in a uh, 
a, a reasonable size city in a in a good community college, very very robust program that, that Todd Horton has set up. Uh, you're taking it to another level. Tell us about how the, the it's a different vibe at that level, and really, in in my opinion, it it it, it fits surveying so much. M- better than than a lot of times the, the big 40,000 student campus. Yeah, it does. You're right. Um, you know, one of the things that we, we have the benefit of here, and we went back and forth with this, and if you look at education, uh, serving education throughout the country, they're housed in a lot of different uh, colleges or different schools. So we are tied to the construction management program here at Parkland. And one of the reasons that that's really beneficial is because most of the construction students have to take a land surveying course, and so you know we don't we don't get a lot of people uh, coming over the dark side from that realm, but it sure, certainly helps to get people at least exposed to what we do, and that's going to be a big part of it. Uh, that's how I fell into it. Like I said, in engineering, we had to take a course in surveying, and I realized I liked surveying a lot better than I liked engineering, so I ended up sticking with this and and going down that route too. Well, tell you what, it's something that's that's impressed me with with the Parkland program that's that's going on. I don't know, is it three or four years now? Is is the weekend surveying program? Uh, can you expand on that a little bit? On what Todd has been able to put together as far as helping the working surveyor and this uh, multi-year program getting through the surveying classes uh, for the for the for the working individual? Yeah, it was a it was an awesome idea that came about. So. Um, you know, everybody's lives are very different now than they were, and I hesitate to say even back when I was in school, it doesn't feel like I was that long ago, but it was it was a solid 15 years ago when I was doing my bachelor's, and I feel like now students' lives are very different than they were. Uh, it, it, going to a class Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10 o'clock just doesn't work for most people. Everybody's got family, they've got work, they have to balance, so... What Parkland did and what Todd started was the weekend land survey program where students can, and I use the term students loosely because we see all ages and all backgrounds. Uh, So what they can do is it's a hybrid format where you take the, the traditional online stuff where there's lectures and there's discussions and there's homeworks and all that stuff and marry it with the on campus portion. So what students do is do all the online stuff on their own time with deadlines and of course and everything goes along with a a real uh, typical class like that but then the students come to campus one weekend a month for Saturday and Sunday and it's a marathon day it's we go from 8 to 5 on Saturday and 8 to 2 or 8 to noon on Sunday but we get the chance to work with uh, all the equipment at that time this is a hands-on kind of industry we have to learn how to do it. you can't learn how to use this instrument and use the equipment by watching a video it doesn't work so that one time per weekend everybody comes down or one time per month everybody comes down and and we get to get the hands-on experience that way too and so it's really benefiting the the working professional uh, the biggest influx that Parkland saw from this was those people that are in the industry but didn't have the means to go to a typical class. And so what they're doing is taking time out of their day and or at least their evening a lot of times and doing all the online stuff and then giving up a weekend so that they can really improve their education and work towards licensure in a lot of ways. Well, and I think you hit on it there with all the different age the age range that is that has participated, but you hit also hit on a, a very important word, 
they're still all students. And I, I, I hope, you know, that, I guess that's always been my focus uh, throughout my career is I'm still a student. I'm still, I'm still trying to learn too. So to have this type of a program, I'm proud to, to, to know Todd and proud to have seen what he's put together and how many, uh, how many great students and graduates have come, come through the program. Uh, I, in fact, I, we employ one of them and uh, I'm, I'm friends with another that uh, have nothing but uh, the utmost respect for the program and, and uh, just gratitude for having stuff like this open. I think you've hit on it. I mean, this is, this type of a program is necessary versus, you know, not to knock a university of Phoenix or any type of online, you, you know, learning data entry and, remotely is one thing. You're right. Surveying is a hands-on thing. So uh, I guess talk a little bit about the weekends. Talk about those marathon sessions. What kind of lab sessions are we talking about? What are we, do, what are we doing there? So the one, the, actually the, one of the hardest things is because our enrollment is up right now and we have uh, so many people, what we do is it makes it more difficult to go off-site. So what we do is we do a lot of stuff on campus. Now, we're, we have a big advantage. We've got a pretty large campus, lots of open space, so we can play around out there. So we'll start out with um, working on a few things in the class. Um, one weekend, as an example, for our construction surveying class, we had to lay out uh, storm and sanitary structures. So we provided the students with a set of plans and control points on site and said, all right, let's go. Let's, this, is, this is as real as it's going to get. You guys have to calc everything, and then we're going to go out. We're going to take out either a GPS or a total station, depending on which way we decided to do it, and we put it in the ground. So it was start to finish where it was as real world as we could make it, where you had to calc the points based on a set of plans that you had, and then go out and put the stuff in the ground and make it look right. That that's make t- total sense to have a lab exercise like that because you're right. That is real world, and uh, having a, an opportunity to do that and under more practice circumstances is uh, is very to me very practical versus uh, having the contractor standing there going, "You're putting this, these stakes in the ground and you don't know what you're doing." Uh, no, that's yeah. that, that's a that's that's a great uh, exercise for them. And one of the really cool things about the week that those kind of projects is um, you've got somebody, you've got, of course, somebody like me, or there's actually, we have four other licensed land surveyors that are working as instructors at Parkland, too, which is something kind of unique. There's not a lot of survey programs out there with as many uh, licensed folks as we have. And so you've got somebody with a considerable amount of experience that can say, okay, well, here's what we did. And, you know, in that particular case, we were, one of the other exercises we were doing is laying out a building with column lines and everything. And one of the really cool things was being able to say, all right, yeah, you did this. Here, let me show you how you could have done this and maybe saved yourself 10, 15 minutes out here and still gotten the right answer. And so you have, uh, it was a lot of fun to kind of work with the students in that regard, too. Yeah, it's it it has to be. No, it's not fascinating. I, I guess it has to be enlightening to to see to see the students. I mean, obviously they're they're experienced field and office people coming in to get more more education, but yet they have real world experience. They have uh, things they can share, and uh, it's got to be it's got to be fun watching all the light bulbs come on with with some of them. Of that's why we did that that way that one time or whatever, and being able to share those experiences as well. Mm-hmm. Getting into the to the classes themselves, um, getting back into Mr. Corey's head. What's your favorite topic to teach? What what do you enjoy the most about uh, getting together with students of any age? 
That that's a good question. So, uh, it's really opposite ends of the spectrum for me. As I kind of mentioned, I like doing the basic surveying class because that's when we get to really start providing just the basic knowledge to anybody. Uh, and we have a handful that are taking the surveying courses to become surveyors, but we've also got a bunch that are doing the construction stuff and have to be there. And to provide and to see them have their light bulb go off and say, oh, man, that is cool. This I had no idea that this is what surveying was. And it's fun to teach that kind of stuff. But then if you go the opposite side, you go the advanced stuff, one of my favorite classes is the boundary law. And that's just always been an interest in me. In fact, I half-jokingly said that when I finished my PhD, I was going to go back and get my uh, law degree. Uh, my wife explained <laughs> that real quick. Yes. Oh, that, that so would have been fun. It would have. Um, yeah, I think I made the right decision in not doing that. It's it certainly helped things here on the family side. So, uh, but one of the interests I've always had is case law and lawyers and stuff. So I decided, you know, I don't need a law degree. What I can do is I can get into this stuff kind of on my own and don't necessarily have to have that education it would have helped but I'm learning a lot doing it the other way too so my my favorite I don't know if I could pinpoint one I like doing the intro the basic stuff because I get to pass along the 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 really basic fundamental work that we do but at the same time getting into the discussions with the upper level is probably one of the my most enjoyable things too well and I think you've, you've hit on a nice topic there as well in that the boundary law, law case law aspect is very important in what we do I know for a lot of surveyors, it is just construction staking, or there's there's not a there's not a lot of that that law type stuff in it. But for a lot of us that are doing Alta surveys and such, it, you're right. We have to put on a, a, a kind of a pseudo lawyer hat from time to time, and so it's good to hear that uh, that's something you enjoy, and uh, that uh, that it's been well received as far as the class itself. Um, I guess. One of the questions I, I have and, and I, I hear a lot is, why are the fundamentals necessary? Why do we need to pull out the chain or, in our case, a, a, a plastic tape and a plumb bob and, and, and turn some angles? Why, from, from your perspective, why is that necessary? We did have chains when I was at Northern Illinois. We still have them here at Parkland, too, where we were throwing 100-foot metal tapes. And I used to make all the students learn how to throw a chain. And admittedly, you're not going to have to know how to do that in the field. But it was, in one way, it was kind of a rite of passage. It was sort of I had to do it, you had to do it type of thing. But, um, you know, we, we get that stuff out. We get the plumb bobs out because when our, we are so reliant on technology and all we really have to do is push a button and we get a number back. But we don't have an appreciation for what that number means. If you push a button on an EDM and it says 423 feet, how far is that? Well, when you've had to tape 423 feet over hills and down slopes and everything, you really get to understand how far that is. And so that really starts to connect all the dots on what we're doing in the field and what those numbers really are indicating to us. Well, and, and you did just hit on it, too, and that was going to be another question I had for you was the importance of spatial data and all the stuff we're doing electronically, the the technology that's there. Well, with the fundamentals taking us into the spatial, I mean, where do you see spatial data going? Where, I mean, how important is it going to be going forward? It's tremendously important. Um, I was – well, I was listening to your one of your other episodes where – 
Uh, the student from was measuring the top of the mountains. Was that New Hampshire or New York? It was yes. East yes. Coast Mount, somewhere. Mount Tecumseh in New Hampshire. Yes, that was it. So, um, you know, spatial data as we're getting more refined and being better measurers is leading to so much more uh, knowledge that we have, a knowledge of our working world. So, I suppose it, the heart of me is a scientist, and so I. I want to expand knowledge as much as I can, and that's what spatial data, we're getting to the point where we're measuring everything so well that we are learning about our world in way different worlds than we ever, way different ways that we ever did, more than we knew. Um, and so the spatial data is so important to us, certainly as surveyors, because that is what we do, but as even really a community and a society, because we rely on it for so many people, and that, ex in that episode they were measuring the height of the mountain because people wanted to climb a 4,000 foot mountain well when it's not 4,000 feet anymore when it's 300 900 or 3,997 yep man it that kind of hurts a little bit it did it did it was it was a fun story I, I appreciated Eric coming on and doing that the New Hampshire young surveyors uh, it was a nice task it was nice hearing the the younger generation take on something like that and you've you've hit on it there that it is trying to marry that the knowledge of that uh, that spatial data because that's where the whole question came up was a century-old survey said it's over 4,000. Well, new data says it's under 4,000, and which one's right? Well, mm -hmm. turns out the, the new stuff was right. So you, you're, you, you're exactly dead on with the importance of that spatial data and knowing how that works. So I, I guess that kind of rolls into the next question of going forward from 2020 on, what's gonna, what do you think is going to be the most important surveying skill that, most of us are going to have to either learn or just refine going forward. You know, one of the things that I think we get complacent on, and it's not necessarily a surveying skill, but it's something I feel is incredibly important for us, is critical thinking. Uh, just being able to think through a project. So most of us spent time on a crew where either we're out by ourselves, we're with a crew of two, maybe three if you're lucky enough, but you don't have a whole lot of resources at your fingertip. Well, I guess you do now with our, our phones and computers as it is, but you have to be able to think through a process. If I'm if I'm doing a boundary survey, take a simple residential survey, house on a subplatted uh, lot. It, if I'm doing something like that, but I'm going out and looking for monumentation, I've got to be able to think through why do I think there's a monument here? Where is this going and how does this affect what I'm doing? So technology has pushed us to be much better measures but we've relied on that technology so much that we have sort of gotten away from critical thinking and thinking through the process. So it's not necessarily a surveying skill going forward, but I think what we need to do is we need to get back to uh, training and mentoring our young professionals. That's something I'm hearing more and more throughout the industry and something I've seen firsthand is we can do a better job of helping our guys in the field, guys and girls, I should say, in the field, trying to get the best data they can so we can make better decisions on it. Oh, exactly. Uh, well, and as a fellow licensed land surveyor that's charged a young technician without going out and uh, going out and, and, and collecting data on our behalf, uh, you come to the point where you're getting ready to sign a survey and you're, you're relying a lot on the knowledge of that person. And you, you know what? I, I I am going to quote you on that critical thinking. I like that. That that's uh, 
that is one of the big skill sets that we have to push and maintain that uh that that's just as important as knowing how how the, the specific instrument works to collect that spatial data is how do you use that data what critical thinking i like yeah. that so i i think we can train anybody to push the button and and to get the data make the measurements for us but in order to really trust what they're doing we've got to know that they're thinking like a surveyor that's perfect i like that like that a lot um what would you say is uh probably the most underrated survey task, uh, something that people just kind of take for granted that, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. That would be, well, it would kind of be pushing the buttons again. I mean, where we go, we're sort of button pushers in a way, and um, something that I I think most surveyors take for granted, and I'm, I guess I've seen this coming along too, is teaching young young surveyors and students uh, in here in the community college level we have typical 18 19 year olds for the most part that are just getting into adulthood and learning the, all those thinking skills there's a lot of elements that uh, I just take for granted that oh well maybe they don't know that um, it, it's something as simple as you know what floor is this on? What is this, is this room on? I know that's not survey related, but somebody asked me. I'm looking for room 232. Okay, well, you're on the first floor, so let's start there. Let's let's get on the right level, and then we can find the right room. But I think that ties into surveying too, is because we we expect that they know what we know, and that's not the truth. That's not the case at all. Um, so it you know, and again, it goes back to the mentoring and the teaching and everything, and um, I think that's one of the biggest downfalls, and I'm not saying everybody, but I think as an industry, we've gotten away, we've gotten so much pressure on us to get the job done on a budget. We are putting people out there in positions maybe they're not ready for, and so we need to make sure that they are ready for that. Yeah, exactly right, and uh, guilty as charged. Uh, I've, I've got, in fact, I've got one uh, SIT that's getting ready to set for his PLS uh, this coming spring. And there's a lot of things that I will throw at him and he'll look at me and go, well, I, I don't know what you're talking about and or I don't know how to do that. And you and you're right. Uh, I'm guilty of that as just as the next person going, well, you've been you've got a college degree. You've been doing this for four or five years. You should no, he's you haven't been exposed mm -hmm. to that. And you're right. It's it's taking the time to uh, and that, that includes myself and and. Uh, a lot of my generation to take the time to, to explain things and and do a better job, right? Uh, because you did, you hit it, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's business and it's uh, it's about productivity. It's about moving as fast as we can to get it done. But if it's not done right, and if the people you're putting the people out there in jeopardy a little bit, yeah, what's the point? So, uh, yeah, one of the things that we discuss in class is business decisions versus surveying decisions, and. Uh, I would love to take 40 hours to do a simple lot survey every time because that's a survey decision. Make sure it's right and run out the entire sub and, and make sure it's right. But reality is, is this is dollars and cents. Can things come down to business? And so we do actually discuss, or at least I allude to business decisions versus survey decisions sometimes and the difficulties between those. Uh, and those are things that we as professionals and as managers have to have to take into consideration and what are we comfortable with overall exactly and you know part of it is well you just you 
once again, you hit it on the head that it, it is a business versus surveying decision. Uh, what is the right tool to use? What what tool out of the toolbox do I need? Do, do I really need to pull out the total station or GPS? Is do I don't need coordinates? Can I do this with uh, with a level and tape? I mean, it seriously, can we mm-hmm. bust through this? And you know, what what is the 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 expectation of getting this done? So um, that's another one I'm going to to uh, to quote you on is is business decision versus serving decision. That and you're right. So often it, it it's it's a it's a conflict. And teaching the young minds uh, what which to think about it. Once again, going to critical thinking uh, is great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, we, uh, you know, going back to your question about the uh, most underrated thing is, and you alluded to it there, is we are so used to just hopping out of the truck, getting our GPS going and rocking, but what if you don't need to do it? What if I can do that same job quicker and better and more accurate by going to the fundamental stuff, get out of, lab- get out of level and and run a level between a couple of points instead of having to get the GPS out. It's not it's not often, but a lot of times it it makes sense to go back to the basic stuff. Sure. Well, I guess I'm gonna go back to your surveying days uh, and and some somewhat of teaching. What's your favorite surveying task? What does Corey like to do when it comes to surveying? If you had any job, any task to pick from, what would you go do? So from a surveying side, um, and I've I had the opportunity when I was working to get into the commercial work and doing altas, and that stuff was fun. So a big part of that was you had to take a title commitment and decipher everything in there. Does this apply to what I'm doing? And if it has some sort of spatial element to it, if it has a location to it, does it affect my lot? There's so many things that come out of that title commitment that the attorneys are in a way or oftentimes relying on us to say yes or no and to relying on our measurements. So doing things like Altas was the most enjoyable for me because I got a lot of the legal sense. I got to decipher all those descriptions. I got to get into the documents. I started reading easements and trying to make heads and tails out of that stuff. But then you get into the true boundary work where you've got to put lines on the ground and so that marries both the things that I love to do is do the surveying and then get into the the legal sense of it too so for me an Alta is the most enjoyable thing I can do well there you have it folks you've got professional surveyor holding a doctorate that likes to do Altas what how, mo- how much more real is that and then and then uh, actually teaching others to do the same, which is great stuff. Corey, I promised you I'd keep this short. I appreciate the time you have on, and uh, I can tell you there's a lot of people in, in Illinois that have appreciated all that you've given uh, given to the profession and will continue, uh, especially in your new role. Uh, once again, this is Corey Allred at, uh, from Parkland College. He is the program director of the land surveying program uh, down there in Champaign. Uh, Corey, it's, it's been, I've always had fun uh, knowing you for many, many years, and I, I've appreciated where you've come from and where you've gone, and you just keep uh, continuing to impress and amaze me. So thank you for all you do, and uh, we, we, we hope to keep talking to you more in the future. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity, and I've certainly enjoyed getting to know you. We've we've known each other uh, through the association for quite some time, and this has been a whole new opportunity to do some different stuff, so I appreciate that. And if anybody has any questions about the uh, the Parkland program, whether it's the weekend or the, the uh, any of the other uh, classes that go on, 
please reach out to the to the Parkland website. Corey, can I throw your email out there as well to, to reach out and talk to you if necessary? Absolutely. Uh, yep. That's, that's K-A-L-L-R-E-D K-A-L-L, at Parkland, E-D-U. And a uh, great program. They've churned out uh, a bunch of great students, uh, and it's and it's working. It's uh, it's one of those programs that, uh, that we it's the success is it speaks for itself. It is working. So thank you, thank you, Corey. That uh, I don't want to get you mixed up. With, uh, small tangent for everybody. Do not get behind Corey and Kyle in a buffet line. These boys are big. <laughs> they scare the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and we do like to eat. There's no question about that. Uh, but uh, they're definitely gentle bears, and we appreciate both of what uh, what both brothers have done. So uh, appreciate it, and we will be talking again soon in the future. Thanks, Tim. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast and our new series, Future Focus. Our guest was Corey Allred, Surveying Program Director at Parkland College in Champaign, Illinois. For more information on the Parkland Program, please visit their website at www.parkland.edu. Corey will be joining me for more future Focus episodes to discuss various topics and skills that he envisions will be needed for today's students to be tomorrow's surveying rock stars. Upcoming Surveyor Says episodes will feature more Table A Talk with Kurt Sumner and Gary Kent, more legislative news from our Government Affairs Committee via our Point of Order series, and more stories from the Young Surveyors Network. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And also watch our website, nsps.us.com, for information on future episodes. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.